Welcome to Break Bias. I'm your host, Brad Kramer. It's the 70th episode, and I'm here ahead of the Singapore Grand Prix. Well, I'm a day late, but I figured it's fine. It's a preview, so we're getting even closer to the action at the most challenging track on the F1 calendar for the drivers. But before we preview the race, first, a quick reminder, check out the link tree in the description. It has links to pages like all the platforms you can find this podcast, like my YouTube channel, Break Bias Twitter, and TikTok. It has my email address as well if you'd like to contact me personally. And also, you can find my personal Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn on there. Now, let's talk about the Marina Bay Circuit. But before we look at the stuff on track, we got to look at the stuff that's going on off the track right now. And I think the biggest story right now is circulating around Helmut Marco. These comments that he's made about Checo. Why don't I just start off with the comments in question? All right. So, quote, we know that he has problems in qualifying. He has fluctuations in form. He is South American and he is not as completely focused in his head as Max Verstappen or Sebastian. Now, uh, he then apologized, saying he was trying to make a point that Checo has fluctuated in his performance this year, but was wrong to attribute it to his cultural heritage. Now, he's right, but first of all, it's been a while since old man Marco has taken a geography class, I guess, because Mexico is in North America, so calling him South American is just wrong. And second of all, just what an arrogant statement to make. I mean, really, he is a European man. How can you just confidently say, you know, Europeans have more focus on motorsports simply because that's where they're from? Like, what? It's it's kind of ridiculous to say that. Like, I don't know. I'm try- I can't think of an analogy off the top of my head, but... It just saying because they're from a country where typically it's not seen as a as a motorsport country or like I don't know what Mexico's national sport is, but I guess say I'm Canadian. I'm sure most of my listeners are also Canadian Formula One fans. Hockey is probably seen as our biggest sport. So it's like someone, uh, you know, a part of the Toronto Maple Leafs organization saying that uh, one of their players because he's you know, from a country like Japan, like a country that's not typically, you know, uh, in the NHL, oh, he's from Japan, that means he's not as focused on hockey as the rest of the team. Like, how, how kind of ridiculous is that to say? I mean, this guy has made it to the pinnacle of his sport, and you're questioning that his focus just isn't on the same level as, you know, two world champions, but because they're European. It's not because they're supremely talented or anything and I mean I am arguing the focus part but really he's probably that part is also probably just untrue I imagine Checo is just as focused on the sport as as Max Verstappen is and Max Verstappen is definitely a hardo that's for sure but Perez he's always crossed me as someone who is pretty passionate about motorsport like yeah um He's got a, I mean, Max is a family too. You can't even make that argument. So, no, I think Checo is focused and uh, it's a little bit unfair to say such things. Um, but he, he, like, Marco has made similar comments like this in the past. And, you know, Red Bull has finally condemned his words. Red Bull Racing, that is, 
because I found this to be extremely interesting. It appears Marco uh, Remar- remains safe as I-, I didn't know this. He's employed by Red Bull GmbH, Red Bull the company, not Red Bull Racing. I didn't know that. Um, I don't even know how that works. If you work for the drinks company and how he has any, like how he has a role with the racing team through his employment at the drinks company, like that is kind of all confusing to me. But obviously, it's some something to do with his connection to to Dietrich Mateschitz, who of course passed away last year. Um, so I don't know how the inner workings of that all you know works, but. That was very interesting information that I, I learned from the race, mind you. So credit to them uh, for, um, you know, unveiling that piece of information. I thought that was pretty interesting. And keeping this uh, information in the Red Bull family, moving on to looking at Alpha Tauri. Um, still no Daniel Ricardo this weekend, of course. He is uh, still recovering from his hand injury. Most people didn't think that he would be ready for Singapore. They thought it would be... A question, but I think I said this last episode, Christian Horner completely uh, said that he, he's not going to be ready for Singapore and probably not Japan as well. So that is confirmed. He, he's definitely not racing this weekend. Um, but his team apparently is bringing Red Bull-inspired upgrades to Singapore that will, quote, exploit the technical collaboration with the sister team. Um, I think that's pretty interesting. We'll see if they perform on track and speaking of performing on track I think this is another great test for Liam Lawson Um, a tight street track um, and these are going to be these next two tracks especially Suzuka are even more interesting considering that he's in the Super Formula Championship they race at Suzuka um, so he should know this track pretty well Um, the Japanese fans would know him well through their you know primary uh championship there championship series so yeah these are going to be two again really big tests for him i think he's passed the first two tests with flying colors um i I don't know what else he could have done better really i i think um his performance in monza was pretty stellar Uh, i i mentioned this as well we didn't really get the benchmark of yuki sonoda um and then in in Zanvor with those just ridiculous conditions, just keeping it on the track was, was was a win for a rookie. So he's done pretty sensational. Um, if he continues to make small steps, I think not only is that threatening for Daniel Ricardo, I think it's threatening for someone like Logan Sargent that, you know, the excuse of being in a car that's maybe near the back of the field a little bit is obviously it's not a problem for someone like Liam Lawson. If he can come in and already start to make, you know, forward progress, you could argue that Logan's level hasn't improved whatsoever since the first race of the season where everyone thought, you know what, this is looking pretty good debut. He's already looking like he's better than Latifi, which, you know, is a pretty low bar, but still it was a positive look for Williams. And then he just hasn't made any forward progress. And it already looks like Liam Lawson has done that in two races. So if he continues to do that, it's going to be threatening for two drivers on the grid, in my opinion. Um, but let's get to the Singapore Grand Prix now. Of course, everyone always talks about 
the challenge of the circuit. Even F1 describes it as one of the most physically demanding tracks on the calendar because it's a bumpy street surface coupled with humid conditions. Um, You know, the physical stress can cause drivers to lose as much as six pounds by the end of the race. Um, And I think this is kind of interesting for some of you who may not know this. Um, I think F1 has put out a story on it now, um, but... There are some changes, actually, to the Marina Bay Circuit this year. It used to have 23 corners. Now it's only got 19, with the former turns 16 to 19 gone for this year's race. It was, if you don't know the turn numbers or don't know the track very well, I can try to explain it. I I would say Singapore is probably, or I guess I should say the Marina Bay Circuit, is probably the hardest track to think about in your mind i don't know what it is it's just because of how long it is and how because it's so tight and and, you know it's a street track i feel like it all kind of looks the same so you know even if monaco were longs you know for example there's there's parts of the track like the tunnel um and uh the swimming pool area that just then the the hairpin you know all of those are like memorable spots on the track where I don't think Singapore has like a spot that you were like, Oh yeah. I mean, maybe the bridge, uh, the bridge is kind of cool, but so I, and I guess one of the parts that maybe was memorable is what's getting taken away. So if you remember, it's basically in the third sector, it's a little right, left, left, right. And you go underneath a grandstand turn 18. That was, it went underneath the grandstand. So obviously they're not going underneath the grandstand anymore. If you don't know that part of the track, it's fine. You'll find out this year. I'm sure there'll be plenty of coverage about where the changes. So look out for that. It's going to make the lap times a lot quicker. Uh, teams are going to think it's going to uh, teams are thinking it's going to be a lot easier on the tires as well and possibly even a little bit less of a challenge for the drivers um, so I think it could bring a different element it's definitely good for teams like Ferrari Williams probably Red Bull as well um, maybe not as good for someone like McLaren possibly even Mercedes too um, Aston Martin would probably prefer the corners be there um, so yeah, look, look out for that last year, Sergio Perez drove a great race here from the lead, taking the win ahead of Charles Leclerc. Of course, Max Verstappen had the problem in qualifying, had a massive uphill battle to, to, you know, try to claim his world title here. That of course did not happen. He had a bit of a shocker, but then again, Lewis Hamilton, who qualified right up there with Leclerc and Perez. He had a shocker as well. George Russell had an absolutely terrible race. The Alpines double DNF'd. It was a bit chaotic last year. Um, You know, Max almost went straight into the back of Lando, for example. Lewis did put in the barrier and kept it going. Uh, Russell had that incident with Schumacher, which was just stupid, to be honest. Um, So... We'll see if it uh, gets pretty chaotic again this year um, because we have some history still on the line. You know, Red Bull still going for that perfect season. Max still on his consecutive win streaks. Who who knows how long he's going to be able to keep this going. I would say no matter what, even if, you know, even if it's one of the more straightforward Singapore races, this is already going to be a challenge for Red Bull. It's just the nature of the Marina Bay circuit. Um, this ain't easy, no matter how good of a car or how much of an advantage you have over your um, competitors. So will Max continue his dominance here? It's still hard to bet against him for sure. Um, and just the way he's operating right now, it, like I mentioned 
last episode. He's just not making any mistakes at the minute. So it's hard to, you know, try to say, oh, this is going to be the race. He makes mistakes just because it's Singapore. I don't know about that. So we'll see. Maybe I almost feel like the mistake has to come from the team. But the team is operating at a level like Max's as well. They're not making mistakes on on Checo's car and Max is getting lucky. Like they're just not making any mistakes at all. So it's tough. I, I think... The better question, as it has been all season, is who is going to be Max's closest challenger and will there be a close challenger? Um, I think everyone has to be looking at Checo for for this race, of course, because he is the street circuit sultan. Um, He won here last year. He did just come off a pretty good race in Monza, which hopefully, you know, bodes well for a a potential challenge here in Singapore. Um, But what do I think will happen of course we'll get into the prediction stage of of the preview I'm gonna go I got a crazy one you know usually I've kept it pretty status quo for for a while now just picking max pull max win and it's because I don't want to be disingenuous um I don't want to just pick people for the sake of picking people um but I'm gonna go a little crazy here and you know I'm going to get into Brad's bets as well, and some of my bets don't even, uh, you know, reflect what I actually am going to predict because a prediction can be a little bit more open. It just doesn't mean that I'm necessarily putting my money on this to happen, right? So qualifying, I I really thought this guy had a chance here last year, and it was close, and I think he, he actually left a little bit in his final lap. I'm going with Lewis Hamilton to snatch his second pole position of the year. However, I do not have Lewis Hamilton winning the race because I have Max Verstappen starting on P2. They are going to come together. That is my prediction. Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen are going to take each other out in the race. And if they don't take each other out, they're going to damage their vehicles. They're going to send themselves to the back, and it's going to be an uphill battle for the both of them. That is my prediction. So Sergio Perez is going to win the race again here. He's going to continue Red Bull's streak for the team. It's going to be a big moment for them. P2, I'm going to say, is George Russell. So obviously I I see Mercedes performing well here. I think Fernando Alonso gets himself back in the podium and Lando Norris chasing him for that final podium spot. I got him in, in P4. So my bold prediction... Besides Lewis and Max coming together, um, I will say that people think Ferrari's going to have a good weekend here. Ferrari's even, I think, cautious, cautiously optimistic. I don't think they're going to do well um, coming off the back of Monza. I think a lot of people will have higher expectations, and I just don't think their pace is going to be too strong here. I would back Mercedes, Aston, and McLaren to all be faster than them. I'm not going to say Ferrari's way off the back, but I think... Um, on pure performance that those other teams are going to have the edge and and I say those other teams obviously just Fernando Alonso not Lance Stroll just the way he's driving the car right now and uh, this could be a bit of a challenge for a rookie like Oscar Piastri I wouldn't put it past Oscar to perform here because I think everyone is witnessing that he is a special talent but if there was any race that he you know understandably would finish a little bit further behind Lando I think this would be the place um so yeah maybe Ferrari could slot in there um I could see them finishing fifth and sixth if if my prediction comes true if Max and Lewis coming together but I'm just gonna say those people finish ahead so yeah bold prediction time 
I'm going to say the Alpines double DNF again. Either that or um, Yuki's horse points or both. How about that? Um, I think the Alpines could actually be competitive here. But this is always a track that we see some retirements. And who am I backing to retire the car on this Formula One grid right now where the reliability is pretty bulletproof? Not that many drivers are making mistakes out there. I would say it's the Alpines and then probably Logan Sargent, whose con- who's confidence you know seems to continue to dip. And when that happens, that's when you see when you see crashes. You know, he if he's struggling for pace, you over push the car. Um, so something uh, along those lines, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So now let's go into Brad's bets. Well, guys, I say ride the bias every race week, yet I completely screwed up for the Italian Grand Prix. I reviewed my picks and then didn't give out any. So if you actually enjoy this segment of the podcast and, you know, listen to my picks, I apologize. I don't know how I forgot to make my picks after literally going to the segment and uh, reviewing my picks and then just not giving out any. So that was my fault. So obviously we don't have any picks to review. So we're just going to go straight into my picks for this week. And I will say, I honestly, I don't have much here because Singapore is typically just a chaotic and pretty unpredictable race. Um, It's hard to know who's going to perform well. Um, You know, even people that have good pace and should perform well here on paper, things can happen to them. Um, And then yeah, so it, it's a tough one, but I do like what I have gathered here, um, and this is already a perfect example of why I said my predictions aren't necessarily going to reflect what I put my money on, because I think one of the Alpines to score points at plus 115, they're both, Ocon, Gasly, they're both plus 115, I think that's pretty good money, because um, there's a pretty good chance that... There's a retirement um, somewhere up the field. Uh, you know, someone gets caught out in qualifying and the Alpines can can pounce. Um, the Alpines struggle with the straight line speed. This is not going to be a problem for them. Think about where Ocon and Gasly and how they performed uh, in Monaco. Um, this is a kind of similar deal here. Uh, the only issue for them is because it's so hot, do they have the proper engine cooling for this race? That is the only concern. However, if you look at the sports books, Alex Albon has a better chance to to or he's a more favored to score points than the Alpines. I think that's a bit ridiculous. I would still back the Alpine car and on a track like this over the Williams. In even with you know the driver behind the wheel being Alex Albon and the way he's performing right now. I think plus money for an Alpine to score a point. I wouldn't be surprised if they both do, to be honest. I think this is a weekend they'll be eyeing up to try to uh, get back on track and scoring some good points. I mean, I say get back on track. They were just on the podium in Zandvoort. But anyway, you get what I mean. They weren't very good at all in Monza because of their straight line speed issue. So, yeah, look at one of the Alpines here. Just coming off the back of a bad race, you got some good value there. This is one I really like. Plus 165 for over 17 and a half drivers classified. Now, Singapore, like I said, is, is very chaotic and there's always usually some retirements here. However, the way reliability has been this year, 
I, you know, I think we could actually see a Singapore Grand Prix where there are no retirements or possibly even just one. Um, so to get value for, you know, still you have a two retirement buffer here, um, a value like plus 165 for the reliability we've seen this year. I, I, I was hammering these bets at the start of the year when it seemed like we were just not getting any retirements or safety cars at all at the beginning. Um, then I kind of got away from it. I'm coming back because, you know, I think a lot of teams are going to have their engines engines turned down here after Monza as well. Um, but, yes, I, I understand this one could absolutely blow up in our faces because it is Singapore and, you know, two people could be out on lap one or uh, people's engines could be blowing left and right. Wouldn't put it past the Hasses, wouldn't put it past the Alpines. Like I said, Logan Sargent. I don't know what the weather forecast is looking like. That can really throw uh, a spanner in the works. So it's tricky. However, if you play this one right, you look at the forecast a little bit closer to the race weekend. Uh, those odds aren't going to change too much. I think plus 165 is very, very interesting value. So maybe one to just monitor, not hop on right away. Um, but yeah, I like that one. And the last one for obvious reasons, I think both Red Bulls on the podium for minus 125 is good. Um, on my grid rival team, I got the Red Bulls constructors because it's just so hard to predict who's going to be strong here. Like in the P2 fight, it has been unpredictable this year, I would say, but like Monza, for example, I knew Ferrari would be, would be great there. Zanvoort, I figured this would be a little bit more of a Mercedes and McLaren track. The conditions didn't really play into the hands of McLaren, of course, but they did qualify extremely well. Like they were quick there. The characteristics of the car are a little bit more obvious at some other tracks here. It's it's really hard to say. So that's why I just want to secure those points on my grid rival team by, by getting Red Bull. And this is the same kind of idea with this bet. Minus 125, I think it's safe. I think as long as Checo doesn't have a horrible qualifying, which is possible, but it seems like he is performing a little bit better here. He usually performs well at this track. It's going to be tricky for the other teams. So it's not like in some of the more traditional circuits, um, it's a bit of an easier ride for for teams like Mercedes and, and Aston Martin. Like We could see mistakes from those teams here too, which only help Checo's chances of getting into Q3 and getting somewhat far up the grid. Um, but then also, once we just get to that first DRS zone in, in Sector 1, um, I, I do feel like the Red Bulls are going to be able to pass where the other teams are going to struggle a bit more. So even if Checo qualifies in like P8 or something, I could still see him getting on the podium here. So yeah, I, I feel pretty comfortable um, taking the minus 125 money here and uh, just betting on those Red Bulls to finish on the podium. Now my long shot is going back to Alpine. I know weird. I've had a weird amount of Alpine bets, but I think the cooling worry is a little is legitimate um so plus 700 as a long shot for an alpine to be the first to retire um we've seen their drivers they can be a little bit sloppy as well and get into incidents i think for a long shot if you're going to bet on first to retire i would definitely bet on an alpine to do it so there you have it it's a bit of a quick preview today um well i well before i wrap up actually the crossover grid i've been promoting them on the past few episodes and unfortunately it was very short-lived I really liked it I was 
planning on doing a pretty lengthy TikTok series. Uh, I wanted to do it for a long time. And like I said, loving it. But apparently the website just not going to refresh the grid. So rest in peace to the F1 crossover grid. They're just not updating a new one. It's just still stuck on the same one. It's been over a week now, I believe. So it doesn't look like that's getting going. I'm, I'm not sure enough people were playing it. That may have been the issue. So yeah, unfortunate, but that will do it for episode 70 of Break Bias. I'm your host, Brad Kramer, and I will be back next week to review the Singapore Grand Prix. We'll be looking at the Red Bulls and Max Verstappen to see if they can continue their perfect season at one of the most challenging F1 circuits. Goodbye.